Welcome to Free Kicks. As I am driving to work and literally, literally just hit a bird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Definitely using this intro. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. That's horrifying. Uh, welcome to Free Kicks, where I am just plugged my headset in and sitting in traffic on the way to work. I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and start this podcast up. And I just smashed a bird, which is what the USA feels like after this Gold Cup loss to Jamaica. USA, the dead eagle. Today we're going to talk about USA. We're going to talk a little bit more about USA. I'm going to tell you some things about USA that I thought. And we're going to cry a little bit. Oh, another day, another unsatisfactory USA performance in the Gold Cup. So I will try not to go on too long about how disappointed I am in what's happened in the Gold Cup, but I, will ta- I want to start by talking about what's obviously on my heart and what's on my mind. I have delayed this podcast recording because I was not ready to deal with this Gold Cup loss of USA 1 Jamaica 2 at the Georgia Dome, sold out Georgia Dome. I am just so disappointed. As a fan, this is a very damaging loss because the main thing I saw on this team and why we lost is is exactly, it's a reversion back to the USA of old, the USA that I felt like we were getting away from. And we've done so well to not be for a long time. But, you know, we, we had some bad giveaways, poor decision-making on the ball, some free kicks in dangerous eras. You don't want to give away free kicks in dangerous areas. I know I said eras. We don't want dangerous free kicks in air, in any kind of dangerous era either. But we just did... Uh, it's just tough. It's a, This is a tough loss to swallow, especially considering, honestly, how good our attack looked a few times in the game. So first half did us in. I won't, I'm not the type of person that goes into detail and all this stuff, but first half, we look really good for about 25 minutes. And honestly, I was thrilled. We looked very good for about 25 minutes. And then, kind of against the run of play, in my opinion, Jamaica has this throw in that they use as a set piece. And because of bad defending, bad marking, maybe we were caught off guard. Maybe we thought that we were the only ones who could do a long throw in that the USA owns the long throw-in. We were not ready for a long throw-in, and I think it was Darren Maddox who scored. I don't really care who scored right now. The, the thing to me is that they scored on us, which makes me very angry. So Darren Maddox scored, and our center backs uh, just were not ready for that. They weren't ready for that set piece. Guzan kind of left without a prayer, and a, uh, this whole game, Jamaica just... Tons of luck. Things went in their favor. Lots of fouls went in their favor, and they should have because we made bad decisions a few most of the time. But we're—I mean—they killed the clock with fouls. Things went in their favor. It was just so frustrating to watch. So, uh, second goal comes before the half ends because Brad Guzan, who uh, has, is oftentimes confused with uh, Brad Guzman, uh, the Guzman, he handled the ball outside of the area which gave Giles Barn a free kick opportunity literally on the edge of the box. And I have to say, 
It was a great free kick. Maybe Guzan could have stopped it. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not one to say. It was whipped in with a lot of pace and had a lot of movement on it. So extremely frustrating. I want to tell you a little bit about how I felt while this was going on. The first goal went in. I was at my in-law's house eating some delicious slices of pizza. And the first goal went in and I went, well, one goal, not so bad. But it was very evident that Jamaica gained a whirlwind, a whirlwind of confidence off of that goal. And I quickly became very uncomfortable with how the game was going to progress. Second goal goes in and I am just, I have to admit, the second goal went in and, and I said, I think this is over. I think this is, this has the smell of rotten dead flesh of the upset that USA is going down a bit in a big in a big way and we're not going to be in the final of this tournament so as soon as that second goal went in that's how I felt and I was very depressed I booked it home at halftime to give my daughter a bath before getting out to uh, a different scoreline I missed the first three minutes of that second half and it was already two to one Michael Bradley had brought one back and I felt a little bit better But I also felt worse because instead of being sad and sick the whole game, my heart started beating extremely hard. I was two seconds away from an anxiety attack. I think if we would have gone into extra time in this game, I might have thrown up. I I had this Lego construction that my daughter had built next to me. She's only two, so give her some slack. She's still rolling with Legos. I had this Lego construction next to me, and I realized in about the 80th minute that I had been pulling the same Lego block off and putting it back on in the same spot the entire second half. So I was obviously really torn up about this game. And it was so frustrating because things didn't go poorly at times. There was good moments and times when things looked like we were going to make it happen, but we just couldn't seem to make it happen. Tons of opportunities, tons of, I mean, enough shots on target even to really make it work and to win, or at least go into extra time. And if you get Jamaica in extra time, to be honest, they pulled some substitutions that pulled a lot of their attacking players off. I think that would have given us a good shot to win the game. So just just really tough, really tough to swallow this one. I do want to point out a subject about the game that I'm, I'm kind of confused over and Maybe I need to talk to some other USA fans or experts, but I'm a little frustrated with our substitutions, and maybe it's our squad. Maybe the truth is we don't have a strong enough squad, and we need some better. We need some players to rise up and get better play in better teams and better leagues, and maybe some of these young guys that are coming out um, of different places in Europe are going to do that. So the the frustrating bit here about the substitutions is that. Um, I think the subs we made for this type of game, really for any type of game, I don't think they change the team in a way that allows you to win. And that might sound really harsh, but basically what I'm saying is we would have been, like, our subs didn't do what we needed them to do. They were the wrong wrong decision. I feel like they were the wrong decision uh, for the most part, so... You have Kyle Beckerman, who had his moments in the game, a pretty average performance, not bad, not good. He did a lot of good work defensively, especially in the second half. 
he comes off for Mix Discarude, who by now everyone should understand that Mix does better in a little bit of an attacking position. He doesn't play like Michael Bradley does. He doesn't have the ability to defend like that. He's not physical enough, and he just positionally he, he seems to do a little bit better as a creative, forward-moving player. That, to me, that move I can kind of understand playing through the midfield and trying to get more of an attack through the midfield. If the mentality is that you need to spend more time moving the ball in the attacking half of the field, then that kind of makes sense to me. You have then Alan Gordon come on for... I want to say it was Johansson who came off. Yeah, that sounds about right. I all of a sudden I don't remember. I, I have to. Uh, <laughs> I've already tried to block this block this game out from my mind. But you have Alan Gordon come on and Johansson, who honestly has really had a great tournament. This is such a tough, sucky loss for him because he's really started to show that he can play on this team the way that I think a lot of people hoped he would for a long time. So Alan Gordon comes on and. I don't like this move. You've got Wando on the bench. And I think if I'm Jurgen, maybe it's just because I kind of like Wando, despite his Belgium miss. He does a lot of really good things for our team. I think you should have put Wando on in this in this position. And here's why. And you see some people mention some of these points on, online and, and different analysis and things. But when you put Alan Gordon on, the mindset doesn't become let's interchange, let's play through the midfield, let's really break down this team. It changes from that kind of mindset uh, because you have guys like Mix Discarude, Michael Bradley, Fabian Johnson, Clint Dempsey, uh, Giassi Zardes. I mean, you've got guys who can really combine and hurt teams when they're playing well and show that they can get opportunities that way against Jamaica. That mindset changes to get the ball to our target man and let's get numbers behind him. Let's get a rebound. Let's see if he can get ahead uh, on a long ball and put he, and he does that well. He he's the type of player that you don't see very often where you can give a long ball up to him, he can jump up and deflect it directly to your feet. Um, which is great. But I don't think it works when Jamaica pulls off their striker Giles Barnes and puts more defenders in the back and just really clogs that space down. That style of play becomes very smash and grab and with the amount of time we had left, it's just so hard to break a team down like that. So I think, to me, that's the change that I don't like the most about the substitutions. The one that came after that was DeAndre Yedlin on for Bedoya or something like that. and Same deal. Yedlin is great with his speed on the outside, on the flank. If you're shooting long, if you're, just, if you're Brad Guzan and you're just firing long balls to Gordon to try to get something in the mix into the field or whatever, you totally don't use Yedlin's speed, which is very dangerous. I don't think he's the best on the ball. I don't think he's the best in control. He has a lot to learn, uh, but he can beat players on the flank and put a cross in a lot better than he used to be. So I don't understand why you're not. And, and here's how Gordon can play in the system. Get the ball to Yedlin out wide and have Gordon, have Dempsey, have Zardes, have those guys in the middle for crying out loud, so that Yedlin can whip in a dangerous ball uh, into the you know into the box and score that way. But these long balls, trying to get it, just doesn't. It was a reversion. We were reverting back to a style of play that I think we used to play more often. That we shouldn't necessarily thrive on anymore. So 
very frustrating game. Jamaica, honestly, they just played really well. They got their first half was phenomenal. They got their goals, and then they just defended, and they defended with such passion, and um, they, you know, they just out, they outdid it. They outdid it. Bradley, gosh, I, I'll be honest with you, Bradley. The second half for Bradley was, I, I, I want him to play as passionate and as well as he played in the second half than he has played in a long time. To see him screaming and yelling and scoring the goal and taking, he had some fantastic shots. He had one outside of the box that he hit with so much pace and put it in a good location. It it could have been maybe a little more pinpoint, but look, you're 30 yards out. What are you going to do, right? So it comes off the goalie and hits the post and comes out. That's the kind of luck that Jamaica had all day. But Bradley really had a good game. It was, man... I'm just so frustrated at this, so I won't really say any more. I'll tell you what really was kind of tough was Zardes just didn't seem to have that same spark that he had in this game. Um, Johnson still, Fabian Johnson still looks like probably the best player that we have in our pool right now. He can play, you know, so many different positions and just, he's good. He's really good. Guys, he's really good and... He doesn't get that praise. He's not like the Michael Bradley. Dempsey has still had such a good tournament. I rip on Dempsey a lot, but he's had a good tournament. But this loss is so painful. It hurts. It hurts real bad. Moving on from USA, Jamaica, we'll talk about Mexico and Panama just for a second. I didn't watch the game. I was too mad about the loss, and I needed to go do some therapeutic guitar playing and video game playing. So I went and did that, but I'll say I really was hoping that Mexico would lose because the third place game for the Gold Cup is on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Today's Friday. And I was hoping that we would play Mexico in the third place game because I really wanted that third place game to still feel like it meant something to me besides just playing the third place game. So I was hoping that they would lose and and that we would play them in the third place game. Also, I felt like, hey, if Mexico loses two, then the two favorites are out and it's less painful for the United States but so you had Panama and Mexico Panama lost uh there was some controversy around that game but you know what I'm not going to get into it that's just not my thing uh I didn't watch it so I can't really comment on it very clearly but the truth is the result stands and that's how it is so we will play Panama again on Saturday and you know, I'm a little nervous about that based on the last performance that we had and based on the fact that we played Panama once this tournament already and we just didn't seem to be uh, in the strongest form. So maybe we'll look a little bit better. Oh, I've got to go back to USA for one minute. Something I'm really happy about is this playing time that Brad Evans is getting. He has done a pretty phenomenal job. Even though even we lost to Jamaica I really like Brad Evans uh, a lot, and I I hope he gets to stick around with our team a lot uh, as well. I'm going to give Wando one more shout-out. Wando needs to play in this game against Panama on Saturday. The thing that he does that people don't give him enough credit for, he can sniff out a goal. He can do kind of what Alan Gordon does, and he can can take a long ball. He, He will attack a cross. He'll do whatever. But he has the ability to play people in and lay off passes and interchange uh, in the midfield when he tracks back to pick up the ball to free up space that uh, not a lot of people, I think, do as well as he does on the USA team. I think it's an underrated quality, so I'd really like to see him play on Saturday. 
So, anyways, USA, Panama, Saturday, 4 Eastern. Let's wear our jerseys. Let's watch. Let's cheer. And please, 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 let's win. Just let's take one crumb of happiness away from this game. And then we'll move on to whatever squad changes or anything we need. And then hopefully we'll survive the rest of the world. One international friendly game for clubs that I want to talk about uh, that doesn't really mean anything, but I think is really cool is obviously this Chelsea versus the New York Red Bulls friendly. And, and this Red Bulls team was more like the Red Bulls too. It's, it, let's be honest. I mean, they had just played an Open Cup game, which was very close to the regular season game they played. So this Red Bulls team was young young guys, a lot of Red Bulls 2 players. This has been a popular story because Mourinho has come out and said, I I, I used to like Chelsea a lot, by the way, and now I just can't stand them. I used to love them. Well, I thought I loved them. Let me rephrase that. I thought I loved them, but then I realized that they drove me crazy. The way they played drove me crazy. I got really sick of their players, and um, a victory like this makes me really happy. And I'm going to probably take too much away from it. But look, when you've got guys that are 16 years old who go up against the Chelsea, one of the top teams in the world, and shows them that they can compete on that level, regardless of age or experience, I think you got to give your hat off to them at least a little bit, tip, tip of the cap a little bit. But Mourinho came out and said, uh, we play Red Bulls. 10 times and we beat them nine. Are you, that's me smacking my hand on the table just because he's such, he drives me absolutely crazy. I tweet, that was a tweet that I think NBC Sports sent out and I tweeted back and I said, and and only one person favorited this, so thanks to that person, whoever you are, I tweeted, if you can beat them nine times out of 10, why don't you come back and beat them nine times out of 10? Let's see if that's true. Let's, let's see how much of that smoke you're blowing out your butthole is true. So this is awesome. I think this shows that we have a lot of promise in our future. We have less fear as a soccer nation and more confidence, which is fantastic. And I think this kind of game, put yourself in, your, in the shoes of one of these guys that's a young player for the Red Bulls who's maybe in the academy or in the who grew up in the academy or is now playing on the USL team or the or is a guy that's got experience in the uh, you know in the NASL anything like that along the same level you, you go into a game against Chelsea in front of a you know a, a pretty big crowd here right uh, and you beat them 4 to 2 that really changes how you view yourself as a player and what you believe you can do and that belief can set you apart from the world of players. I mean, look, if you have that belief, you can achieve a whole lot more than anyone else. So, you know, you see guys who have moments where they have that belief in them and they succeed. Like, let's use Fernando Torres, if, if you guys are familiar at all. There's a period in Liverpool history where he was unstoppable almost in front of goal. And then that seemed to die down, and it just seems like people people would say, it's kind of a cliche, he just doesn't seem to have that belief. This 4-2 win for the Red Bulls over Chelsea, that's what brings belief out of people. That's huge. That's incredible. So 
Uh, I will read into that game, and I will say that it was fantastic. Way to go, Red Bulls. Uh, you guys did a great job, and I hope your young players remember that forever. I, I know what it's like to be a young person to do something amazing, and and it's, it's just going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. So... Other than that, not much to talk about. I don't really feel like talking about Open Cup. It's kind of boring right now. Chicago Fire just beat the Orlando City, which is blah, 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 whatever. There's some more friendlies going on this week. Uh, there was a couple. They, the, if you're not watching the Guinness International Cup, um, try to keep up with that. I think that's pretty cool. Don't look too far into it. You know, We usually get slaughtered by teams like Man United and Barcelona. Um, you know, I will say LA had a decent game against Barcelona to only lose two to one or whatever it was, which that's not bad. But you know, this is just a cool opportunity to see young players come in and 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 play against um, guys like Chelsea or Man United and give them some confidence and belief in what they're doing. And I think it goes a long way for uh, for our teams. Please follow me uh, on Twitter at Elad the Great Forty Five on Twitch. My Twitch name is Elad the Great Forty Five. And I will try to uh, get on and play some FIFA soon. If you have any feedback, I'm getting right now. I'm in the process of getting, uh, you know, an email address and everything set up. And uh, just bear with me. This is the second episode that I really feel confident about. So I'm going to goof around and try some things. And um, hopefully soon we'll get some people on to talk to. And it won't just be me blabbering the whole time. But I'll try to make it interesting for you guys. And uh, I appreciate you listening. Thanks. (laughs)